0: Hi, I'm Rob Villeneuve, CEO of rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. Corporate culture is about how it feels to be in your work environment, but never underestimate the value of spending time together outside the office too. The best teams are strong because they support each other to get the job done, and team building activities can be a great way to cultivate that type of environment. At Rebel, we like to step outside our comfort zones together, which has led us to do some really fun team activities. From curling to axe throwing and overnight trips at a ski resort to really simple in-office poker tournaments. Team building doesn't have to be expensive, but it does have to be considered in budgets and work plans. The key takeaway? Make sure a leader in your organization is in charge of making team building activities happen. They are worth the investment and are a great way to celebrate successes and show some appreciation for your employees.
1: Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada.
0: Are you ready to plan for the future? Build the financial foundations for your business with Intuit QuickBooks Startup Foundations. Enroll in the online Startup Foundations Workshop and receive a free one-year subscription to Intuit QuickBooks Online. Visit bit.ly forward slash startup foundations, that's bit.ly forward slash startup foundations today to register for free. Enjoy the flexibility of working where, when, and how you need to without the worry of unexpected overage fees with Roger's Share Everything for business plans. This service includes flexible data that can be tailored to suit your needs. Share talk, text, and data between teams and devices, and put an end to your usage worries. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash share for biz That's forward slash share for biz
1: Scotiabank understands what's involved when businesses first open their doors and the support that's needed to keep them open. They are helping customers respond to the speed of business, making it easier for entrepreneurs to open their accounts and apply for business loans online in minutes. To learn more, visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business.
0: Entrepreneurship doesn't have to be tough when it's cooked right. Co-founder of Relish Gourmet Burgers serves up well-done recipes for startup success. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network.
2: Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across the country. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to visit the iTunes store to subscribe and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I am your host, Rivers Corbett, founder and CEO of Coaching by Rockstars. Ever thought about a career as a business coach? Coaching by Rockstars teaches business coaches how to build a successful coaching business from scratch. Visit coachingbyrockstars.com for more information. Alright, ladies and gentlemen across Canada, we're going south of the border for this one because we've got a special guest in the house for the Startup Canada podcast show. We've got Mr. John Rampton. He's the founder and CEO of Do, which is in an online invoicing company based out of Palo Alto in California. John is an online marketing guru and entrepreneur matchmaker. He was recently named number two on the top 50 online influencers in the world by Entrepreneur Magazine, as well as a top blogging expert by Forbes. John writes for the notable publishers such as Inc., Huffington Post, Forbes, TechCrunch, and Mashable. You can probably tell he's passionate about entrepreneurship and building products and services. John is the global go-to for the knowledge and skills needed to start up successfully. In today's interview, we're going to talk to John about what it takes to be the top number two online influencers in the world and the challenges and opportunities that come with leadership. John, it's just great to have you on the show.
3: Hey, thanks for having me.
2: So first of all, um, how do you get to be number one? We know how you're going to tell us how to be number two. You, you beat you up to number
3: three. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it's a list. I mean, uh, sure. it's one of those things out there you work really, really hard for. And it, then course. it happens and you're like, oh, this is awesome. Cool. I mean, I've been working hard for this. Yeah. Uh, it's not like you're like, oh, I'm trying to be number one on the list of marketers. Uh, you're just out there marketing your business and doing the best that you can. And sometimes you get recognized for it. Sometimes yeah, well, you don't.
2: Well, congratulations on that. And, you know, I, I love the fact that you, you say it's a lot of work. Uh, I see a lot of people who are, you know, making good money, uh, being number two, number one, number 32. And uh, people always say, Oh, it must be nice, you're making that amount of money. But they forget the fact you worked hours and hours and days and weeks, making nothing while you were building that, uh, that position. So uh, yep. congratulations on that. It, uh, it's, gr- it's great for you. And we're so happy to have you on the show today so but what are some of the things that 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 helped you get to number two
3: um i mean just a lot of work and investing in myself i mean um you know I, i i market my businesses i'm an entrepreneur that's you know i always say i buy sell and crash companies um you know, I'm, I, it's just out there constantly always working and always becoming better and surrounding yourself that, with people that are better than you, and then that helps you become a better person. So mm. uh, I just say like a lot of work, a lot of hard work, and then surrounding yourself with very like-minded and amazing people like yourself.
2: Well I would presume that uh, there's got to be some structure in that approach. Can you take us through a a day in the life of John Rampton? You know what are the, some of those habits that that make you
3: you? Yeah, so uh I mean just kind of my daily routine. I get up uh whenever I wake up. I don't ever wake up to an alarm. Mm. Uh sometimes that's 5:30, sometimes that's 6:30, but it's typically in that range. Uh I usually do that. I usually go for a walk/workout in the morning for about an hour. And then I get right to it. Uh, I'm usually, I do a little bit of blogging. I check on stats, uh, what's going on with my company, uh, respond to a couple emails, and then I block out time for different things, uh, meetings, you know, calls, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I'm dedicating every single day towards You know, marketing my business appropriately. You know, I blog a lot, so I write for a lot of publications. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I spend a couple hours every single day blogging and writing and putting my thoughts on the paper. And I do that one to market my business online, but two to help other entrepreneurs out. And uh, from then, it's just a numbers game. Uh, The more people I can help, the more super fans I'll create, the more impact I have on my business, the more customers I have.
2: That's fantastic. It, it's it's. Uh, I I mean, I've, I say this a lot on my I'm on the podcast show. Is a business is just a dating game. That's all it is. And it's but 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 when you bring value to the date, that's when you start to get attention. And and I think you've represented that to us. Can you tell us about
3: do? But, I love it, the- one one thing though, I want to go back to when you're like life is a dating game. Yeah, uh, yeah it totally is. But you actually have to date to play the game. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's I find point. a lot of
3: entrepreneurs are like, yeah, I wanna get in the ring, I wanna do this, but they don't actually go on the first date. They yeah. won't ask anybody out because they're too afraid of getting rejected or too afraid that it won't go well and they've already psyched themselves out from going on the date before it even starts. So you, I'd you say you know, to, to those listening to this, you know, if you're trying to become an entrepreneur, like the first step is just to get started. And it doesn't yeah. matter if you suck at it or the worst at it. Like I wasn't always the best at what I did or the best at marketing or the best at blogging. I actually, uh, you know, I, I write a lot, right? But if you go <laughs> back to high school, when I took the SAT, I, I got a perfect score on every other section except for writing. And I went into my counselor <laughs> and my counselor said, if you put all answers C, you'll do better than you did. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't always a good writer, and now I'm like this world-renowned writer. I have millions of page views every single month. I've sold you know, millions of copies of some of my books. I wasn't always that way. It took me getting in the ring, getting up, and starting it to get started.
2: Love it. Thanks for, uh, thanks for going back to that. I, I love the fact that, uh, again, you just said, just go ahead and do it. But, but I got to ask you this question in, in your experience and uh, you obviously have a lot for networking and contribution and, and, and so on. Why don't people, what, what's what does it with why they won't go out and ask for that date? What's the thing that holds them back?
3: Uh, fear of failure. Mm. Uh, I, I feel that's probably the number one, cause uh they just don't think that they can do it um and just know that you probably can do it Uh, (laughs) but uh. it's getting up there and trying and then the next time you try it you'll get all that all that further i mean when i started my first company it didn't just pop out and become successful right um you know i i tried and then i failed but the next time i got a little bit further and then the next time after that a little further because i knew where i failed and knew you know what was going wrong, and that type of stuff. So right. I, I would say, you know, get out there. It, for me, it's just a numbers game now. The more yeah. companies I start, the more success I potentially will have. They say one in every uh, one in every ten startups will succeed. Just means you need to start ten or eleven startups. <laughs> yeah, I'd even be fifteen startups. You, but you you say you did fifteen? Oh, I've I've probably easily done ten to fifteen. Yeah, nice.
2: Nice, 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 nice. Well, let's talk about one of those companies. Do I absolutely love the name of it, and I want to talk about that name in a second. But uh, can you tell us about Do and what what inspired you to make this online platform?
3: Yeah. So, um, Do we're a payments company, payments and invoicing company. We help small business owners and freelancers you know, bill and get paid online. Uh, It started, I owned a digital agency. I was kind of a freelancer slash small business owner, had a little digital marketing agency where I was helping other companies market their businesses online. And we paid a lot of contractors. And it's very hard still nowadays paying contractors all around the world, Mm. uh, which is ridiculous. I mean, we have all these great, you know, PayPal's a great company, this, that, but they still don't work in certain countries. And people can't sign up, and then bank accounts, and then these astronomical fees. So we set out to create something better for our team. So we started doing that, and then our team started using it and loving it. And then they started using it with their clients and with their businesses that they worked for and freelanced for besides ours. And then those guys started using it. And then it naturally evolved into what it is today, you know, we started off as an invoicing company just trying to help, you know, our own internal team. And then it grew into, you know, now we have 50,000 plus customers using it and they, they love it. And, you know, our customers on average drive back almost two customers each a month. Wow. So, you know, it, it evolved from something that we were already naturally doing and good at. And, you that's why I think it's successful is because it wasn't something we were like, Hey, I'm going to go build this. It was something that we were like, Hey, let's build something to really help us out. And Mm -hmm. then it started helping others out.
2: Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And, uh, so what's your, where's your biggest, you say 50,000 customers worldwide. Where's your biggest customer base right now now geographically?
3: Yeah. So our, our biggest customer base is primarily United States. Mm-hmm. um, followed by Australia, Canada, and the UK.
2: Right on. Very cool. And how did you come up with the, the, well, I think I know why you came up with the name do, but what I'm interested in, I mean, somebody somewhere somehow must've owned that name, uh, yep. through some registration. somehow. what'd you do when you, when you, when you were trying to deal with that? Cause it's a great name.
3: Yeah. So we actually, we didn't really have a name for it. Um, We were like, hey, we're starting to get signups. We're starting to actually, you know, we actually weren't making money. We we still give away our product 100% free uh, and just choose and just charge for credit card processing. But we're like, hey, we're starting to get, you know, thousands of customers signing up every single month. So we're like, let's go invest a little bit of money. And then we saw do.com for sale. It was for sale on Flippa a great site that I use to buy, sell, and flip domains and websites. And, uh, you know, I saw it for, for sale on there, and I just went and purchased it. It was expensive. You know, we'd, we'd saved up, and, uh, again, we saw some great potential in this, and we just went and snacked it
2: isn't that fantastic well it's a, it's i'm sure it's a great part of your brand you had some some great fun with it but uh yeah it's uh it's, i think it's a lesson in the fact that uh, if you really want to buy a name one you can find it to buy and two yep. regarding it as an investment not just oh i've got a name uh, i gotta have a name for my company and you've always, you obviously went through that so you yeah what well,
3: i would so, say you know for those listening invest in a good name um you know, I would say, you know, for do we purchased it for $130,000. So it it was a great deal of money and a lot of money and a lot of entrepreneurs wouldn't have access to that. Yeah. But, you know, going kind of back to why we did it is we didn't just do it before we had a business before we knew that it was starting to become very successful. We did it after we were starting to become successful. And when we knew it was going to become a real legitimate business, and it's an imbe- right. as you said it's an investment for us not only in ourselves and our company but also like if the company were not to do very well we know we could sell it for a lot more than we purchased it for right right so something yeah. to keep in mind when you guys are out there looking for business names or to name it we just named it uh, originally it was uh, make sometime.com okay. okay and then once we had i mean we didn't even buy this till i think we had like over 20,000 customers and then we purchased it
2: and then you purchased it did you did you from a branding exercise was it was it a uh, is it a tough process to switch from what you originally had to do
3: uh a little bit i mean we had to go you know our programmers had to code a lot of things and make that different um we we hadn't actually set up an actual business uh license or a company yet nice. so uh you know, I, I've started so many companies that it's gotten to the point where I don't even start it till I know it has a little bit of success behind it. Yeah, right on. Um, you know, you always want your legal things and ducks in a row and stuff like that. But if, if a business doesn't make money, you know, spending that couple thousand dollars to have it set up, you know, just didn't make sense for us. So, you know, before we found that, we uh, we made sure it was a legitimate business before we even started.
2: It's interesting you say that. I was doing a speech the other day in front of a, a vast array of different professionals. And one of the ones I said, the last people you want to talk to as an entrepreneur when you're starting off your business is a banker, a, an accountant, and a lawyer. And there was, of course, accountants and lawyers and bankers in there. And of course, part of the reason I said it, because they were in the room, but it it really is. They'll, they'll get you focused on doing these minute details stuff that really aren't relevant to getting out talking to customers and validating, and then ultimately moving forward. They're important to need, but not at the beginning where everybody thinks they have to be. Love that you've reinforced that. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the time where we need to take a very quick break. We will be right back with more from our amazing guests. Stay tuned.
0: Get paid faster. Create and send professional email invoices in minutes with PayPal. Join over 250,000 Canadian businesses using PayPal to accept payments. Get started today at www.paypal.ca
1: forward slash smallbusiness. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business.
2: Thank you to our sponsors and we are back. So you've talked about growth organically. Uh, You've talked about uh, buying the the name. Um, Can you talk about some other strategies that help grow your business through to 50,000 customers?
3: Uh, I mean, one really big one is listening to our customers and what they have to say. Um, Originally, we were an invoicing company, just helping compete against like a FreshBooks or a Xero. You know, we we started off as that. And then our customers were, you know, were coming to us and saying, hey, we want this. We want this. And, you know, once you get, you know, we started having 10 people ask for the same feature every single day. Mm -hmm. We're like, that's something we need to something we need to build. Um, So we built it, and then they loved it, and then they passed it on to other customers. So I'd say really pay attention to your customers and what they're doing and what they're saying and try and be their advocate from inside, because Mm -hmm. they'll be the best marketer of your product. Um, Sure, I'm a marketing expert. I'm I'm amazing at this, amazing at that. Ooh, great. (laughs) But really what it comes down to is if you have a crappy product and your customers hate it, Mm-hmm. It will go nowhere. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you have the best marketing in the world. Your product will ultimately fail. Because
4: mm. mm.
3: your customers, if they go to it and they never come back, what's the point? Right, right. So really pay attention to that. Yeah, I've always
2: said the first order is nice, but the fifth order is really where you're starting to gain some traction. So, yep. uh, very, very cool. Well, it says in my script that you've said you're passionate about amazing products and scaling services, even though you haven't said that yet in this conversation. <laughs> 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 yep. But we're going to talk about it, and we've got great scriptwriters at uh, at uh, Startup Canada, and they do an awesome job. And I, I, I jab every night, every now and then, about this. But you know, what are what are some of these uh, amazing products? That they're talking about, you know, what, what services are you scaling?
3: I, I mean, I, I would say we're definitely scaling ours and I, I just, I love seeing businesses grow and scale. I love that hockey stick curve yes. up. Um, that's my favorite thing in the whole world. And you know, we're experiencing that right now where we're having a, a, a very large hockey stick growth. And, uh, you know, I, it's something that invigorates me. It's something that really gets me going in the morning and makes me want to work on stuff. And I feel, you know, it doesn't start that way. And we're, you know, a year and some odd into this, and we're just barely starting to experience that, whereas some other companies, everybody thinks of, like, Snapchat is like, oh, this is, you know, it's the brilliant thing. It's IPOing. It's doing this. They don't realize that Snapchat, you know, was struggling at the very beginning Mm. and, you know, nobody would invest in them because they weren't making any money and blah, 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 blah. So Mm. I I like paying attention to that hockey stick curve up and uh, it's what gives me passion.
2: Yeah, very cool. We'll talk about passion. There's over 100 million Twitter followers that are passionate about you. Can you talk about, and you've, you've, you've talked a little bit about it already with the the blogging and the content and the networking. Is there anything else that would be a quote unquote, you know, the, here are the top two other things you need to do for standing out online?
3: I mean, show up. That's probably the biggest thing. My number one, you got to show up and be consistent. So I'm very, very consistent with my, my followings, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, blogging, uh, or my business activities. I am very consistent at what I do. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm constantly tweeting every single day, multiple cool things that I like amazing this cool that, uh, if I'm blogging, I'm blogging at the same times every single week and really pushing it hard. Um, you know i i would say showing up and being very consistent will ultimately win you the race might not win it today mm. but it will win win it eventually
2: yeah you and i have very similar philosophies in business and i just describe them a little bit uh, differently but i always say the turtle is the turtle's the one that won the race ultimately so yeah. uh, i love that representation consistent going forward and so on and, and you talked about blogging too john um you know uh, we've got we've got thousands of entrepreneurs that are going to be on this, uh, listening to this podcast. And can you tell us as to, where do you recommend that they find the best information? And I'll say entrepreneurs that are in their first five years of life. Yep.
3: Uh, I mean, if you're looking for really good information, I mean, first it, it boils down to niche. What, what niche are you in? i pay attention to industry publications. Um, and some of the industry leaders, uh, find out who they are. The people with real influence, not just, hey, I'm out there, I'm putting my stuff out there. I write about, you know, this or that. I write about fashion. I write about fintech. I write about, mm. uh, you know, whatever it is you are in. You know, a plumber. You know, I'm a plumber, and I write about this or do about this. But pay attention. Find out who the real experts are, and then pay attention to them. Read. For me, I really like reading. I'm more in the tech world, so I really love TechCrunch. Uh, I also love Entrepreneur Magazine. Uh, wow. Lots of very, very good information on there. Uh, those are some of my go-to's. But again, it, it really depends on which niche. I always read the top industry publication, and then I'll find like one or two randomly niche publications. Like uh, I really love Startup Grind. Um, they've become, you know, a, a name in my world, which I, I love paying attention to because they're in the startup world and really cool stories. But, you know, if, again, if you're a plumber, it might be Joe plumber that Uh gives really amazing tips and advice and will change your world and Uh make you a better person in that aspect and in that field.
2: Very cool. Very, very, very cool. And have you ever written about plumbers?
3: About what? One more time. About plumbers. Uh, Actually, I have written about plumbers before.
2: Yeah. Yeah very
3: cool I, we actually took uh i i back in my digital marketing age we helped one plumber um I, and his business grew f- phenomenally i mean he grew up from one to 22 locations Love uh, it. across the u.s and canada yeah, um, just... so yeah i mean i've written about plumbers a lot and helped lots of plumbers so i know that area extremely well actually
2: So I'm going to ask you this question when we're finished um, is that what's the, if you only can recommend one book for our audience to listen to uh, that was an absolute must and only one you're allowed to recommend, we're we're going to want to know what that one is. But let's go back to uh, like a lot of successful uh, and notable entrepreneurs. You went from the startup life to becoming an investor. Can you tell us about that journey? You know, what kind of startups kind of catch your eye?
3: Uh, you know, I, re- I like those hockey stick uh, startups where they have the potential of doing that. I like catching them before they get the hockey stick, mm-hmm. uh, before they have extreme success. I really like startups where primarily SaaS, uh, SaaS typically get larger valuations and they can scale a lot quicker than, say, right. a restaurant, right. although I have, re- I have invested in a restaurant before. I've even invested in a food truck before.
2: Yeah, good for you. Actually, I think there's more opportunity on that these days than the restaurants. I, I own a restaurant too. Yeah, I too.
3: agree. So uh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I look for things that I could add value to and I could extremely help. Um, so there, you know, there's a lot of opportunities out there, but you know, I don't want to invest in something that I don't know. So I'm not going to go invest in a fashion this because I don't understand fashion. I just, I don't get it. And I have little to no fashion in my life. My wife, my wife, pretty much dictates what I wear. Nice. Um, you know, I'm, and what, I'm just. You know, and what, no, what do you
2: wear? What's your style? What is your style that she puts you? Into? You know,
3: I'm a T-shirt and jeans guy. Are you? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, funny story on that. We can talk about this for two seconds. I know there's the Mark Zuckerbergs that are wear the exact same T-shirt every single day. T- yeah. The same style every single day. That Great. doesn't work for everyone. I tried that and, you know, my wife, we actually rated our satisf- – we, we do this random thing where we rate our satisfaction with each other and yes. we're very, very open on that. And she said, oh, it's definitely gone significantly down because it's the same thing every single day and there's no spice in our life. So it didn't work for us. <laughs> yeah, so everyone. now, you know, I wear different T-shirts, different this and, you know, on date night I class it up and, you know, when we're going out I definitely class it up. So, uh, Cool. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> totally random philosophies from John. Yeah, but you know those are important because
2: it's uh, you, you get you know I, 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 a good friend of mine maybe maybe not I heard Randy Gage he's a, he's on the the speaker circuit anyway he always he always says if you're not looking after yourself you can't give to others so you got to feel yourself yep. so you can't pretend oh I like to wear ties when really you don't like to wear ties or I like to wear blazers when really want to hang out in t-shirts and jeans gotta be yourself be you absolutely
3: yeah don't so, try somebody else it won't work.
2: No, it sure won't. So um, is there a life after do? What's kind of uh, where are things going in the next uh, coming months to years with do and, and, and with you?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, you know life after do, there's certainly a life after do. Uh, you know hopefully do will become very big and you know make me tons of money and become this very, very successful company. But if it doesn't, I mean that won't that won't end me or that you know uh, my goal is to sell it, make a lot of money, do very very well, um, and then I will diversify my assets a little bit. So it, as an entrepreneur, this is another you know little piece of advice for you. My wife, I'm the type of guy that would run and jump off a cliff, and I'll figure out a way to build a parachute on the way down, right? right. That's how most a lot of entrepreneurs are. My wife is completely the opposite. Very calculated. She's like, I'm not even jumping off the cliff because one, you're an idiot for doing that. So, you know, um, particularly without a parachute. Yeah, particularly. Well, I mean, even why would you jump off that cliff? There's no reason to jump off of it. Like, I'll go take the stairs down. Like, it's just fine. So my wife is very calculated in that. So. You know, as an entrepreneur, I mean, not getting into financial things or ways to help with these type of spouses, but my wife takes 20% of whatever I make Mm -hmm. off the top, 20%, and she invests in hard assets like real estate and very, very safe uh, stocks, bonds, mutual this, and safe investments that pretty much we can't lose. So when I have had my crashes and Mm -hmm. lost everything, she is that weight that allows me to get back up and we still have those assets coming in there. So I take 20% of everything I make, give it to her so she can invest it however she wants in very, very safe and long-term assets and -hmm. then I'd gamble the rest away on startups for building the next thing. That's what I would...
2: Well, I I think that that's I, one diversification is brilliant advice, and uh, and two, what's really cool is uh, you have found a way between you and your wife, who from a you know a risk tolerance perspective are at opposite ends of the spectrum, but you've been able to cohabitate through love and life, and yeah. and uh, and it, you know it's it's my wife is is not the risk one either, and uh, so <laughs> you have yeah. some interesting conversations, but you do need that. Great there's no doubt about it it works out well so let's get back to that book and actually it's the second last question I wanted to ask you Uh, I do have one more and then uh, unfortunately we're going to be at the end of this great conversation but okay you got one book to recommend and then you can never recommend a book ever again in your wonderful life what's the yeah
3: you know I love and have always loved rich dad poor dad Mm. it's a good book Mm. Uh, it's written by Robert Kiyosaki and it's the story of how he had a rich dad and a poor dad, and his rich dad invested in assets and, and things that make him money, and his poor dad invested in things that did not make him money.
0: Uh-huh. So
3: uh, it's basically, you know, a story on how to theoret, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's a true story, but uh, theoretical on how you can become rich in right. life and that you should invest your money in things that truly will make you money instead of take money out of your pocket.
2: And he, he goes so far as to say in that book too, uh, John, correct me if I'm wrong, that he says your house is not a good investment.
3: Correct. Your house is a liability. It's not an liability. asset because it's not taking money out of your pocket and putting it into other people's pockets.
2: Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. Well, my friend, um, you know, uh, well, you, I said about the uh, the one the one book, but uh, now you've got the the audience across our great country, and we certainly appreciate our friends south of the border and having you there and you giving us your time today. But what's the last piece of advice you would give to uh, entrepreneurs become to become the best version of themselves?
3: Yep. Uh, To become the best version of yourselves, I think you need to stop comparing yourself to others. I always say, you know, I'm in chapter 21 of my book and you're in chapter 3. Stop comparing your chapter 3 to my chapter 21 (laughs) or whatever chapter that may be. Uh, I feel at so many times we don't get started and we don't do things because we're comparing ourselves to other very successful people. Just know Mm -hmm. that they're in a different chapter of their book and you're Mm -hmm. not. Uh, you're in the beginning chapter and you may be in the later chapter for different things in life. Like you may have kids, whereas other people don't, Uh you may have this, like you're in a different chapter than everybody else. So stop comparing yourself to them and stop letting that hold you back.
2: If you could see me now, my head is just smiling, nodding back and forth. It's how true do we always compare ourselves to others? And that really prevents us from moving forward. So I, I appreciate that, that, that insight. Interesting enough, when I've asked that question from all of my guests, no one has come up with that yet. So um, you are definitely unique in that woot, approach. Woot. Sorry? I said, woo woo. Oh, that's pretty weak. <laughs> give, give, give us a California woo-woo. Woo-woo. Yeah, I can't. Couldn't do
3: it too loud. I don't want to break your speakers and ruin this, this whole podcast.
2: Well, you've been brilliant, John. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, you got up a little bit early for us. Well, early for me anyway. Uh, <laughs> but uh, how do we find you on Twitter? Is it just at John Rampton?
3: Yep, at John Rampton.
2: And you want to spell that for our audience, please?
3: J-A-T-S-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O-N-T-O the at symbol j-o-h-n-r-a-m-p-t-o-n you You can also find me online at johnrampton.com and you know if you go to the contact i try and respond to every single person that uh, sends me a message on twitter i typically don't see them but usually through my site i do
2: cool stuff Well have a great day keep on happening and uh, we'll look forward to continuing this uh, great connection with you through the years hey thanks guys Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to more awesome entrepreneur content? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats and hashtag startup school, which you can catch every Monday, Wednesday, and and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode.
4: Hi, this is Riley Aberson, co-founder of Townfolio, and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast.
2: I, I want to tip into uh, something, uh, another challenge, another obstacle, another journey you've been on, and that's um, your diagnosis with stage 3 blood cancer. You know, critical illness can... Be devastating for any entrepreneur's business. I, I've had deep depression a couple of times, and, 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 I, and I don't say it compares to what you went through, but I understand about having something from a health perspective can impact your business. But your business survived and it's thriving. Can you can you give us some strategies that you use to maintain your business while really going through a, a, a tough time uh, from a from a personal health perspective?
4: We've all got our own battle to fight, and uh, you know, it, you never know what the, the other person's going through. I don't flat out tell people about the cancer because it really just changes most conversations. But you name the health scenario, you do need a team approach. You can't you can't tackle this one on your own. So um, we took what I would call a very very entrepreneurial approach and say, how do we how do we hack this disease? And you know, I, I wasn't unhealthy according to normal standards, but I drastically changed some of my approaches to life, uh, most notably my diet, and I've seen some pretty dramatic uh, positive results. And again, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to dig too deep into uh, into things because everybody has their own philosophy on, on how you deal with cancer, but um, I really only missed about two weeks of work. Um, Comfolio was at that time a side business. We were just about to generate revenue and we were so close to launching and there was absolutely no way we were going to let anything stop that. We had just spent so much, you know, countless hours trying to build this and I really credit my business partners. They were very understanding. They supported me. I particularly uh credit davy he just kind of you know as i said he has technical and business skills he just kind of took over and said hey do what you got to do and and i'll look after this